Ginger, that's our natural intro. <laughs> um, yay, okay, we're here with Justine, Matthew, and Ginger, myself, Zane. And what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about climate change. The sun. <laughs> Solar activity. It's kind of an intense one, but um, it feels like a relevant topic for the times. And it's definitely... Yet another intense moment on planet Earth. So <laughs> there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. And yeah, does someone want to kick it off? I'm looking at you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, this is this is a very uh, it's a very contentious topic. Um, worldwide right now i think all of us that you know if you're listening to this uh this little podcast episode you're probably in the you know group that i would say are people that are paying attention um to the the nature of reality and the nature of their experience and um you know this this whole topic uh, it's funny because like even in my own mind <laughs> whenever i say the word climate change or I, I read it i immediately see it in the the sarcasm font with like capital small letter capital small letter like that's how i type it when i type it out on social media because this one particular topic is something that very clearly uh the way that it's being presented to us is a complete distortion and uh, I think that instead of looking at the, uh, you know, the, the narrative that is being spun, um, just like as we were speaking, you know, earlier before we started about how uh, there is this this whole it's like a mind virus that is being perpetuated around the world right now that ha would have us believe that we are inherently wrong and that we are inherently not part of creation you know kind of even going into like that sound bite in the original matrix movie with agent smith saying that you know who represents the ai right that that he had identified human beings and cataloged us as a virus you know that we are inherently an infection to this world and that our actions and our decisions you know cause harm I would say that it's not us in any way that is inherently an issue or a problem as as humanity, as human beings, but that the uh, parasitic uh, control matrix, including the people that are running the show or have been running the show for the last 6,000 plus years, uh, that they they are the thing that it is that that. I, uh, you know, ideology that is is the infiltration into this world. Um, and I, I believe that what's happening now is that we're seeing um, many different factors that are that are unfolding in this world, many of which are natural systems, you know, natural uh, expressions of energy that are directly related to our star, the the sun, as well as directly related to the great central sun and several um, several different types of energy that are moving through right now, which are natural. Uh, they, you can see these cycles play through in the geologic record. You can see it in ice cores. And uh, what ends up happening is that with this whole narrative, 
um, in order to convince us that we are the problem and that we, you know, that we are overpopulated, that we are polluting, that all of these things, um, they basically the scientists, the alleged scientists that are behind this are cherry picking data. And uh, they're utilizing certain streams of, of data and information while completely ignoring other factors in order to create and perpetuate this, this narrative. And, um, you know, my, uh, my, my personal view, I mean, I, I, my degree was in environmental science. You know, I, I've, I studied things to a certain degree that, that gives me, a, you know, at least a, uh, at least experience, if not like a knowledge base that I can apply when looking at these situations and the way that this uh, narrative is, is being perpetuated in our world is a total distortion. Um, you know, there we do see temperature increases, right? Like this is the big one that seems to be happening this summer in the northern hemisphere is the the pushing that temperatures are extreme the hottest july on record which is not even remotely true as far as what has existed before um you know co2 levels are way lower than they've been historically and you know according to the geologic scale of of time and so uh you know we're caught up in this situation where whereby there there's this um translation of reality that looks a certain way because of the 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 hijacking of human creative potential and focusing our attention in certain ways that then magnetizes more energy towards that that narrative when in reality or you know a more objective looking reality and where I tend to put my attention is on the solar activity that's occurring and everything that we see that could be an observable um, you know, situation related to climate change, uh, every single one of those things can be explained by the increasing solar activity and the degradation of the Earth's magnetic field and uh, what's called the galactic current sheet, which is a, a wave of plasma that is emanated from the great central sun. And every 12,000 years, it, there's another ripple of this wave that reaches our part of the galaxy. And we are in this, you know, and so th those are the, the physical level of influence. Um, beyond that, we're looking at an energetic shift. Obviously, this is, you know, at the core of this discussion that we always have with everybody is the energetic change that is occurring right now and, and the acceleration, uh, the, the lifting of consciousness, the removal of these distortion fields that have suppressed consciousness, that have kept this planet you know locked in certain ways and and i really i just i i see this whole narrative that is being perpetuated as an expression of that false light matrix which is dying which is desperate right now and uh it's just another means of of control whereas the real change that is occurring is occurring uh, you know across our entire solar system like every every planet 
in our solar system is exhibiting signs of temperature and weather change and de degradation of their magnetic field. And the last time I checked, there were no suburbans on Neptune. So it's, you know, there's no, the, the, the explanation <laughs> that this is, here. well, there, there may be a suburban right outside here, but that's on planet <laughs> Earth, you know? And there, are, there aren't these, these things, there are no coal burning power plants on Mars that are, that are creating climate change on Mars. So, the, but the vast majority of people, they, you know, that, that type of knowledge is outside of their normal knowledge base because they're, they're kept like little, you know, rats running in the maze trying to manage their life as the economy is being intentionally destroyed and other things. And so it's like, the, you know, the knowledge that this, this situation is much, much larger than the little narrow focus that is being used for control in our world. Um, you know, it lies outside of most people's uh, you know, state of awareness. But the, the reality is, though, is that everything we're ex observing is related to a much larger shift that is occurring that far exceeds any of the distortion around climate change. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. That was very well said. And um, as a response to, do you want to say that it doesn't mean that we are not stepping into a new and improved and simultaneous remembering of a more appropriate relationship with our planet. And so the reality of, yeah, coal burning plants and toxicity and pollution do exist here. The narrative that that is destroying the planet and or our ability to live on it is what is false and we are living librarians we have come from the cosmos to be here on this planet as stewards and heralds of creation and like matthew said that creative process is hijacked by the narrative that first of all we don't belong here we are inherently destructive there is a false grid line that humans destroy it's part of human nature it's just part of human nature yeah. and that is false it is human nature it is creative nature creation's nature to create and breaking things down to make you know compost or pieces that you can create with is something that we are capable of and we need to get beyond this narrative and so this mass-produced story that we are destroying the planet we reinforce by telling people about climate change and saying how horrible it is and it doesn't mean the experience isn't real that the planet has a more volatile weather system right now. The sun is creating a lot of that. And we are creating a lot of that through perpetuating this narrative. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think, you know, when you you talk about, you know, like this narrative that we're not supposed to be here on the planet, that is such a perfect and fundamental example of an inversion because we are organic creation itself. We are living, breathing, experiencing facets of the whole of creation, windows into, you know, the eyes of God, essentially experiencing different components of our material manifestation. And so what does the inversion system do? It flips the story. 
So it's supposed to be here. It's not part of this universe. Like the inversions we're dealing with, they don't belong on the planet, much less the entire organic system. And then they tell us this story, you're not supposed to be here. So it's 180 degrees, right? And, you know, the reality is like, we're responsible for our own future, right? And so anytime we're listening to a story that's external from our internal reference and giving it energy, we're promoting a timeline that's not ours. And so when we're being told that climate change is going to result in massive destruction on the planet and all these doomsday scenarios, they're feeding us bait to get us to manifest their inverted timeline. And I I don't like using the us and them language, but I, I think it's maybe the simplest way to talk about this phenomenon because we're dealing with a synthetic intelligence and organic intelligence. And we are the organic intelligence and the synthetic intelligence is inherently anti-life and inherently doesn't understand life. And yet it's trying to step into the position of creation and it lacks the fundamental ability to do so. And so it, it flips all these stories and it creates scenarios where it will maintain the upper hand. Well, but it's always doing it through us, you know, and so it's, it's this really funny phenomenon in general, just with the, the way the matrix functions. Our entire systems, all, all of the things that we look out in the world and we say, oh God, that's so horrible. Like who's responsible for this? Was it the corporations? Was it the governments? Was it you know the IMF or the World Bank or all of these geopolitical issues? Yeah, we can point the finger, but at the end of the day, we have to own our own responsibility in being programmed into creating the inverted reality. Because the, the AI system and the matrix system lacks the inherent ability to create. So it right. uses us as a host. So when, it's also why we talk about it as parasitic, because it needs a host to survive. We are its source of energy. And so when it feeds us these programs of negative timelines or outlooks or massive destruction, we are collectively, how many hundreds of millions of people are on the planet right now who are believing in some narrative of climate change with the outcome of global destruction, right? Yeah, a lot. lot. And and it's like, sorry, like that has to manifest, right? And I think the more people who we bring on board with owning their creation process and saying, no, I don't choose that timeline. I choose the new earth optimized timeline where we're restoring the organic grids of the planet and we're starting to engage and communicate with the planetary consciousness again. And this whole process, every, every step of the process is intentional and every step of the process is in the natural organic flow of creation. That's the timeline that I'm holding on to. And I, I can accept that there's going to be turmoil in the interim moment, in the middle of the phase shift. That's maybe just the, the nature of the nature. Yeah. Yeah. How, how cymatics works or how um, if a phase shift in chemistry works or what, whatever other example you want to use. We see that happen naturally in the organic process, especially because we're dismantling a system that has so inverted our natural systems, our natural behaviors as organic beings and, and suppressed the earth grids for such a long time, there, 
everything's being handled to the best possible ability of the light at this moment. And so just to accept the fact that, you know, there's going to be little hiccups along the way. And there's a difference between a natural hiccup and a, you know, use of, say, like a directed energy weapon or something like that. We're seeing examples of both happening at the same time, and we need to rely on our discernment. And when we see things that are a direct assault on humanity or the organic timeline or the earth, we need to say, I do not consent to this. And we need to replace that inverted timeline with our version of what we see. So let's, you know, take an event that's happening on a major grid point, like in Hawaii, and let's take that inversion frequency, which is very specifically intended to suppress a natural grid point of the earth. And in all likelihood, I feel like it's a womb chakra and they're trying to create this artificial overlay. And you're saying, nope, I'm holding to the vision of that blossoming into an entire new field of creation there. And I do not consent to any of this inverted (laughs) dynamic mass manipulation, false flag, whatever terms you want to attach to it. We're not going there. We're not, we're not playing your game and we're, we're removing our energy in that moment out of the inverted system. And we're putting it onto the creation timeline. And that clean translation is what delivers us to the vision, which we are holding for the grand emergence and for the new octave. Right. I want to kind of build on that. I keep thinking of Zelkia and conversations that we've had with our dear friends, Zelkia in recent time, talking about how in Africa, the um, interruption of the migrations of mammals in, in Africa um, and you know, looking at that, meaning that there are all of these lands that all through, you know, Southern and Sub-Saharan Africa, where um, there have been mass migrations of animal life moving across the surface of the earth since time immemorial, right? Since the beginning of that form of life in that continent and understanding that we you know, that, that we that we know very little about the true impact of that. And it's like seeing the, the like, let's just say wildebeests as an example, right? Like we, we see the video, of the wildebeests moving on their migration and like crocodiles grabbing them out of the river and like all of that dramatic stuff. But maybe what we don't really comprehend is that that wildebeest or these other migratory animals being like an organ system of the earth that is pumping like like a bellows or like a pump that is moving energy across the surface of the land and like translating codes, you know, from different points that maybe that that translation of energy um, is something that actually factors into the relative harmony and balance of these ecosystems and the weather systems even, you know, and so and then here and we live in North America where uh, you know, the big migratory things that we've seen in, in, in this continent have been what caribou and bison and the bison were intentionally eradicated, you know, almost entirely eradicated. And what what does that do to interrupt these systems then of, of their natural functioning? So I and this I think it fits into this this new understanding of this, uh, you know, the, the new earth, the 5D reality that there there is a much bigger picture picture and our 
place within this much bigger picture as conscious co-creators and returning the ecosystems, returning our world into a place of balance. I think that it is hugely important for us to maintain that vision and to hold that intentionality while we're simultaneously being told that we are destructive and that we're wrecking the entire place, you know, which is just, I, you know, we can look at that in, in, in our educational system. The indigenous peoples of this world have understood those flows of energy. And then we have this overlaid, you know, like Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation education systems, you know, that are overlaid into our into our learning. And then suddenly that whole part of the natural environment is no longer understood by by our people. And so I, th- I think that there are many layers that are being dismantled right now as these new energies are coming online, as the energy is coming from the great central sun. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, want to give a shout out to our Zelkia and her recognition, you know, of, of those movement, move the remove those fences and those property lines and allow the energy to move again. Can I just make a quick comment on that? And then it, anybody who had a thought sure. can maybe hold it. Go ahead. Yeah, so we've talked about this for a long time. Um, we, we've we spent a lot of time on Lake Powell and the Glen Canyon Dam is uh, one of the biggest in America, second, second biggest, yeah, after Hoover, which are both on the Colorado River. And, um, you know, when you look at the damming of waterways, just as one example of what Matthew's talking about, I always think of it as a clogged artery. Yeah. You know, and when you look at when you look at the universe as a hollow fractal system, right? Anything that we can see and, and track through our own body, we should also be able to see and track on the planetary body, right? And just like we have chakras, the Earth has chakras, you know. And it it just like we have a heartbeat, the Earth has a heartbeat, and we perceive it maybe in these subtle ways, like the Schumann resonance or whatever it may be. Um, and so when we when we look at the big picture of what's happening on Earth. Again, we're always being told that it's our fault and that we're so we're we're so low vibe, we're so low consciousness to just destroy this planet and we don't care. And the reality again is 180 degrees it's inverted from the truth which is that we have walked into an engineered system and everything about the system has been engineered to disrupt and destroy the organic flow. And so we can talk about the waterways. Did I ever participate in putting a dam up on any of these rivers? I certainly didn't have a say. I don't feel, right? And and at the same time, if we let's let's take like the migrations, you know, in in America, for example, right? Those clearly when white people came to America carrying like parasitic frequencies from the heart of the beast over in Europe. Translating those systems. Tra- translating those systems. They came through and exterminated all of these great herds and migrations. Then, as a result, they were replaced with cornfields. And then, as that moved forward in time, they started dumping like toxic chemicals that were the result of chemical warfare. Mm-hmm. I mean, what could be more inverted? Like, look at this timeline. Right. You exterminate all the natural wildlife. You start dumping chemicals, chemicals and poison on the earth and you have totally dead soil. The wind comes up. It blows the topsoil away. And guess what happens? There's no moisture retained in the earth anymore and it gets baking hot. So we are experiencing new climate phenomena right in this country. We have new record surface temperatures on the soil. 
but it was because of a system that was completely engineered to do just that. And then they always turn around and they blame it on us. Yeah. You know, when, when in fact, coming out of World War II, we had like hundreds of thousands of small family farms. Mm -hmm. Think of how easy it would have been to transition that system into a new earth model. Mm -hmm. Everybody owns their own land. They would see the inherent benefit of starting to work with the natural flow and natural systems again. But instead, all the, all the directed energy from the centralized government systems, et cetera, are consolidating all of the land into these massive corporate agricultural operations that are totally toxic and they're killing all life. When you dump Roundup on the soil, it kills everything in the soil. And then when we eat it, it kills everything in our gut and it goes into the waterways and it kills everything in the waterways. So we're dealing with an anti-life system and it's now trying to program us into a state of guilt. And we need to look at that pattern and release that pattern and embrace our creation again, which again is looking, how, how did the creator intend this to flow, right? So, so it's so interesting because with everything you're talking about, and I think it's a good point, Zane, for people to start at, that it's very easy to get overwhelmed. It's very easy to wake up every morning, hear something, and just want to pull the covers over your head and say, <laughs> as a dear mentor and friend of mine used to say jokingly, I just want to get out of this life alive. <laughs> so, so I'm coming back yesterday from a road trip, and I'm listening to an account of the most recent happenings at Standing Rock. Five years ago, when all of that coalesced to protest the pipeline underneath the, the river and the water source, I, was, I felt very, very connected to it on a very visceral and primal level. When I was listening to this yesterday as to what's going on now, I had that, those same kind of feelings. And the interesting thing is, it was all positive. Mm. It was positive in terms of the educational systems that were formed at that time for the kids, because they knew that when a few people showed up to protest, to pray, to hold space for, no, not a good idea to disrupt the water system here. And then more people showed up and more people showed up until there were thousands of people that showed up worldwide and created their own community in such a short time. So a lot of the people got together, especially the women. Well, we have kids here. What are we going to do? First thing the government does is start taking away the children because they're not being educated. Hmm. We started our own educational systems. And it was trial and error. We did it bit by bit. And way after the community was shut down because the governor said, you got to get out of here, you know, like, what was it, a couple of years later, that educational system is still going on. Those kids are learning more in a natural way, in like a homeschooled way. And so much came out of that system that 
um, protest in terms of new systems that people realized when you put human beings together, they are highly creative. They immediately coalesce and can unify with a single intent, good intent, they can get along. There were educational systems, there were medic tents that were immediately set up, food tents. Everyone came to help. It was peaceful. And that's still going on today as that filtered into some of the communities around there, and certainly anyone who ever showed up at Standing Rock to be part of the protest. That, to me, is the vision of the future that we're holding. This doesn't have to take a long time. It's not like we're going to transfer from some of the stuff that's going on today and all of a sudden build a new world. But the building of it and the unifying that human beings can come together in their creative powers can happen like that. So good. Beautiful. Can I just kind of, it's funny, like, and why is that not covered in the media, right? right. And that's, heard about this that. is case right. in point, right? Yeah. That when it's a conflict, it's all over the news. And then as soon as it's actually right. constructive, silence, radio silence, yeah. right? So what are we being led into in our collective visioning? There is a show, I don't know if it's on KNCE here in Taos, called Good News for Good Planet. And I listened to that when I was teaching at the high school here on the way to work. And it was just joyful, beautiful things. Mm. And so I think that is a good question to ask um, as you, if, if you're plugging into the media or any story, is it creative? Does it empower you to create? Or does it leave you with that feeling of like, let me just put the covers back over my head? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to give a plug here for one of my favorite authors, Robin Wall Kimmer. Um, the book Braiding Sweetgrass has been a big inspiration for me and the school that I founded. And it starts off with her asking her students in college, what is an example of a positive relationship that humans have had with the planet? And not one single student raised their hand. And I think what Ginger just shared is so apt because we don't experience the impact in a good way that we have on the planet. And so I'd love to just share some very basic practical things that you can do in your life. And that gets reinforced because you are in dialogue, sacred communication with the planet. And it's very simple. You can use your voice. We can speak on behalf of the land. We can speak to the land. Go outside and touch the ground and just say thank you. At my school, we have 170 students. Every time we go out, they touch the ground and say thank you. You can pour a sip of water on the earth. And you can call upon the earth to meet the needs of life resurface and restore this incredible jewel of a planet in the cosmos. And we have the power and the heart and the caring to do that. Just close your eyes and breathe and feel how your breath creates life for other life on this planet. And so very simple, basic things that really open your heart and let you see, then get reinforced. 
Zane and I set up these shrines on the mountains and we spend a lot of time expressing our love and gratitude for the earth. And we can tell you so many stories of when a rainbow appeared, when we dropped the well pump, you know, so we could bring water to the surface of this land or when one off thunder clapped as we placed, you know, the keystone rock on a shrine and these experiences with the earth responds and hears you and is listening and we are part of her just as all of the beings that live inside of us these tiny little beings create us we create this incredible place um and so i would love to talk a little bit about the sun too but before shifting away i don't know if anyone wants to add to that yeah, I mean, I have a lot to say about the sun, too. I mean, all, all of these topics, I think, could kind of go on and on. But I feel like that's a good segue because, okay. yeah, I think cool. go for it. Yeah. Cool. Um, Is that okay with you guys? Yeah. Awesome. So the, the reference um, that I have for the sun comes through the Ringing Cedar work, Anastasia from uh, Siberia. And she describes the sun as a beacon, a vessel of unconditional love and creative life force energy connected directly to the great central sun. And you could see the sun as a node on a grid. And as the sun increases, its temperature and activity with solar storms and flares, that could be felt as more and more love and really as a reaction to this incredible window of time that we're in, this big shift, a lot of people talk about this transition. And so while we may experience it physically as here on the Mesa, a ton of wind, you know, coming from a solar storm, how can we tune into the actual frequency coming from the sun that is saying, wake up, wake up and helping us to evolve. And the, you know, physical experience is intense, but is that maybe what we need is the intensity of our sleep and our hooked into this inversion grid that Zane is describing severe enough to need that. And so maybe this increase of activity from the sun is a supportive reaction to this window of time. And it's solar system wide, it's beyond the solar system, because as a connected, unifying, creative experience of life in the cosmos, we are going through this together. And so that increase in activity and temperature is also giving us more light energy and coded light energy. Yeah, and I, I feel like, Matthew, you, you would probably be our resident expert <laughs> of sorts on maybe more of like the mechanics of what's happening. Just this is pure, you know, whatever data from mm -hmm. NASA or whatever. You know, actually it is, right? NASA yeah. data, but they're not publicizing it. No. They're concealing it. Um, but before we go into that topic, I think relating to what Justine is saying, I was just having a conversation with you, Matthew, yesterday on the way back from the river um, and talking about how 
in a free will universe, the creator has made the decision essentially to not intervene in its own creation. So it set the process loose by differentiating itself. And now all these little windows into creation, which are us, all the beings manifest, um, are, are free to pursue whatever they will. So here we are and we're coming out of this massive fall, this massive inversion, where all of these horrible realities have been created by organic beings. And we don't necessarily need to pull in the full complexity of what was behind that and all the manipulation that took place to manifest those things. But as, as we now look towards climbing back up out of those depths, what I see is the creator can't intervene, but the creator can provide more energy. And so here we are on Earth in this particular system, which I view as sort of a ground zero for what's happening in the rest of the universe um, in the organic cosmos. And by the creator focusing attention on this place and funneling more energy, that's translated through this, the great central sun, galactic central sun, through our sun to Earth, ultimately. That is the direct pathway back to source. And so we're feeling an intensity of energy bombarding the planet. And every time one of those waves of energy hits us from a solar flare, it blasts off another layer of distortion and we unwrap a new layer of distortion. Well, that's not intervening in the sense of saying, hey, you're not allowed to do that. And you go back over into your little place and hey, you're in the wrong galaxy. And hey, you're not part of the organic timeline, <laughs> right? Like that would be a massive violation of our free will. But the increase in energy has an inherent effect of cleaning up all of the distortion, clearing out the distortion, and reorienting everything back into the original organic flows. And so again, if we look at climate change, according to that framework, it's an inversion. The story we're being told is an inversion of what's actually happening, which is a massive cleanup. We're, we're removing all these old inversions and these old distortions from this system. And um, yeah, it's a bit turbulent and chaotic and it's being handled really beautifully and really well. But by just turning up the dial on the amount of energy coming into this system, it's reorganizing all of the light blueprints to snap back into their original creation patterns and flows. And we're going to come out of the other side of this window of intensity into systems that are miraculous and manifest. That's what I yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, b building on that and why it is inherently so important for us to become aware of the, that that the co-creation that we are all capable of um i think back to uh it's probably been 12 or 15 years ago now i remember i came across a study that had been done in germany uh, which i cannot find anywhere it's been scrubbed off of the internet right because it doesn't provide you know support for the narrative but in this study in germany 
um, this researcher had a uh, uh, like a study group that was hundreds of people, you know, so maybe even a thousand people. And they measured the effect, the impact of geomagnetic fields being applied. So they were like replicating the frequency of, of uh, let's say, a, you know, a Schumann resonance or something like that spiking. And they, they were they were, uh, you know, applying that field to human beings and then measuring the impact in their lives. And what they found as a statistical truth was that people that had uh, in uh, like a, an alignment that would be aligned towards fear, you know, people that were not practicing any level of like spiritual or personal or heart or, uh, development, maybe even religious development, you know, that these these people, when they experienced the impact of these geomagnetic fields, nearly all of them went in towards frequencies of fear, anxiety, apprehension, uh, you know, uh, constriction, etc. And the people that within the study group that had um, spiritual practices, let's say, or personal self-growth practices, yoga, meditation, um, walking in the park, uh, you know, Qigong, whatever, all of these people experienced expansion within their life, mm. right? And so, like, I've, I've held on to that as, as the, like, maybe a glimpse of the truth of the nature of our reality right now. And then we look at, okay, these people experienced that with the application of a frequency out of some device, you know, ostensibly in a laboratory setting versus our sun, which is a million miles in diameter, right? And it provides the source of all life for this entire solar system. And it is now, uh, as you say, this increase in energy that that's coming in, um, coming in from the great central sun at a physical level where we have that galactic current sheet, which are literally like you throw a rock into a pond and you get all these ripples, those ripples of plasma that are evidently like 10 light years in diameter or in, in distance are moving through. So at a physical level right now, every 12,000 years, we have an influx of energy from the great central sun at a physical level. But on top of that, there's this quantum entanglement between every star in our galaxy and the great central sun. And we've reached a point where the, the, the intention, if you will, of the source of all life in this galaxy, the great central sun, um, is, has, has emanated out an impulse of energy that is instantaneously broadcast from our star to the rest of all of the planets in the solar system that is increasing the energy that is increasing the awakening. So it's, it's extremely important to be mindful of how we are calibrating our own energy field with this energy. Are you attuning into the broadcast of information that tells you that it's all going to shit, that it's all terrible, that we are, that everything is contracting and being destructed, you know, or are you aligning in with this energy of recalibration into the inherent harmony of these systems that was intended before this infiltration came to our world? And, uh, it, it, you know, we, we've been trained for a long time to believe that we are insignificant, you know, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. You know, we are creator gods. And so I, I really I, I just encourage 
you know, everybody to do exactly like what you're talking about with the school or like what we do in our own personal practices. We go to the river yesterday in order to attune with the natural environment, in order to literally enter a flow of energy. And, uh, you know, these are the things that I, I, if we can turn our attention away from that negative unconscious reality creation, then we are literally working with all of this energy, this inconceivable amount of energy that is available right now that is literally popping off every star between us and the great central sun. We are observing solar micronova that have occurred over the last several years. And guess what? We're on deck, you know, and our star is going through a massive evolution of its own expression and consciousness. And we inherently are connected to that. So, uh, you know, I think that that's just it's just so important for us to, to pay attention to where we're focusing our energy and, and what kind of a world we wish to create right now. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You have to, it really depends on yourself to do what you need to do to get back to that spark of that this creation and you as a creator being are absolutely magnificent. I just think of how can any human being look at an infant and not see the magnificence of this creation and if you're not into infants look at a kitten look at a puppy (laughs) look at um a seed when it's you know if you have one of those lucite glass things with the soil in it and you can see when the seed breaks open and then it pushes its way through the earth that's who we are those are all representations of who we are We are capable of such great things. And to the point that Zane is making relative to that whole way of looking at it in terms of the inversion, every time you feel yourself going into, well, what can I do? Or like, this is hopeless. You've got to dig down deep. You've got to create, as Matthew was saying, your own practice, your own way of coming how, how can anyone um, look at all of this and just say that um, we're destroying this place? We're not. We're, we're, you, you can use creative powers either way. You can use the creative powers to continue the spiral downward. I'd much rather use my creative powers for the spiral into more magnificence and more... Um, like how far can we go? It's limitless in terms of how far we can go. Mm-hmm. So whatever you need to do and, and, and share those, the same type of things that we're having here in terms of these conversations, have those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. Stay, I would say stay away from the conversations of what just came over the airwaves in terms of the next horrible thing that's going on go into a creative conversation about what's possible. Um, And that's the way I think that we build slowly but surely, just like Standing Rock, what happened at Standing Rock, just like there are a million examples of human beings coming together in the most amazing ways to help, 
that's how we start to, uh, it's already happening. If we don't start to, that's how we create a whole different way of being here on this planet. Oh, Mateo. Oh, Mateo. I, I think that maybe that's a, a wrap for this episode. And I would just add as a final comment, you know, for what Matthew is talking about of, you know, this wave of micronovas moving through all the stars. This is the propagation of the new octave. Mm -hmm. So when we come back to the namesake for this podcast or this alliance, this initiative where we're talking about the emerging systems, restructuring this entire planet, and we're talking about the organic flow being restored to all of these systems that have suffered millions of years of galactic war and destruction and all sorts of horrific things, we're seeing the energy propagate out in a very real and material way right now. And so going through that process on the planet, yes, it's, it's intense. It has to be intense at some level because we're clearing so much old patterning. It's like, in one way, this whole process, it's like a massive dump run. We're taking everything to the <laughs> landfill, which is the galactic core, right? Or, yeah. and. You know, there's so much accumulated toxic energy, inverted energy in these systems that needs to be removed before we can experience these new higher spheres of creation. And when we say higher spheres of creation, we're not talking about going back to our ninth or sixth or fifth dimensional selves. We're talking about something that has never existed in the organic cosmos that the creator itself cannot conceptualize because it takes every piece and part of the creator to go through this internal transformation right now, which is a fundamental recalibration, reconfiguration of all of our light codes so that we become a portal for a new bandwidth of creation that's never been experienced before. So, <laughs> so we have to be a little patient, you know, it's a, it's an intense moment. And if we hold our core and we keep doing our inner work and we allow that density to drop out and to continue to clean out of us and to holographically clean out of the entire earth system, our solar system, our galaxy and onward, then we are going to see the other side of this, which is more beautiful than we could ever vision yeah. or describe. And I would say we are creating the other side of this. We are creating. We are the actively other side. creating it through us. Yeah, and it, and yeah. and so it's there for those of us who have been lucky enough to to see the other side of the events that are transpiring right now. It, it's motivating to move through all of this, all of the challenges yeah. here yeah. and now, because it's so awesome. <laughs> so no better high than that. <laughs> Yay. Amazing. Yay. Well, thank Yay. you guys. That was Yay. super. Thank Thanks, you. Same. Appreciate it. Love you all. Good job. Okay.